Welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. I'm Lynn Wilder, and this is part two with my awesome husband, Michael Wilder, who is joining me forever, I hope, as co-host on the Unveiling Grace podcast. Mike, welcome back. So when you said forever, are you talking about <laughs> all time and eternity or just forever? So <laughs> uh, for our Mormon friends out there, they'll, they'll know what that means. But, uh, but anyway, um, yes, we hope to be doing this for a few more years um, until they don't allow me to do this anymore. <laughs> But uh, who knows what, what could happen? But, uh, yes, Mike did have a radio show out of Miami one time. He doesn't yeah. anymore. Did you get in trouble? Well, um, no, no. Actually, uh, a person from uh, Utah knew some people on the um, the Miami Heat basketball team, professional team. There were a couple guys who listened to that podcast many 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 years ago uh so i said well that's interesting so but uh anyway yes and uh, you and you did talk about mormonism that's the that was the whole show you and Dave. all about mormonism okay in fact it was back in an interesting time back in 2012 just before the election <laughs> with the person who was running for president Mitt Romney, and we always had some interesting discussions about that. So, uh, well, let's well. catch you up with Mike. Um, during the first episode with Mike, he told us a little bit about how he'd been raised kind of hellfire and damnation Baptist in rural Indiana. Great parents, but um, like me, Mike and I both knew a few terms from the Bible, but I wouldn't say that either of us knew much of anything about um, salvation or or Christian doctrine. So we got Mike last time to the point where he was just about to join the Mormon church, and he was going to tell us what it was he had to do in order to be considered a Latter-day Saint. Okay, so... So we went through this uh, procedure, you know, finally, the Mormon missionaries, God bless them, they, they, they're really, really great kids. I just, you know, it's a hard job, okay? Now, for anybody who sees Mormon missionaries out there mm -hmm. and they knock on your door, don't yell at them. Don't throw things at them. Don't pull out a gun. Be kind. You're a Christian, Okay. And invite them in. if your house is strong, if you if you understand the word, invite them in to talk to them because you never know what influence you might have. Not mean, but lovingly as Christ would. And because it can affect people. We so, say this because we had three sons that all served Mormon missions. Josh served in Russia for two years. Very hard mission. Um, Matt served in Denmark for two years, and Micah was in the Orlando, Florida area for two years. It's hard on them. They're away from their families. They're young. There's a lot of pressure to teach certain things and believe certain things. And they're really watched over closely by their mission president and by their senior mission companion. And they have a lot of um, pressures to do certain things, to have so many contacts with people, to try to have so many baptisms, to try to do so many teachings in a week. And so love them, love them and feed them. 
<laughs> yes, yes. Uh, do feed them because missionaries are always hungry. And But, you know, let them, if they're going to talk to you for 30 minutes, then you just say, I'll make a deal with you. You can talk to us about 30 minutes and we won't interrupt you and be kind and listening. And then we can talk with you about the gospel. And so, but not be mean, okay? That's not what Jesus would have done. Uh, but but you would also contend for the faith, you know, in James, or, or yeah, in, um, uh, James talks about how we must contend for the faith. So when somebody says something that's really in the error, I mean, really, really not part of Christianity, then you can say, well, I don't understand how you would teach that concept. Can you explain it to me? So Mormons love questions, okay? Um, always ask them a question and use questions because Jesus did this many, many times in his own teaching. He would answer a question with a question. <laughs> so, so, but, uh, so let's get back to the story. <laughs> let's get where we were now. So, okay. So you so anyway, were we telling were, we were us what you need to do in order do, to become a Latter-day Saint. Yeah. So as we were prepping, okay. So we, we get to the point where we, they, they challenge you to baptism and, uh, uh, you know, we finally says, yeah, we all agreed to be baptized on a certain date. And it's not like in a Baptist church, you know, you get saved at that point and you jump in a car and you go down to the river and you get dunked and everything else. There's all this paperwork and the interviews you have to have. You know, I'm sure Jesus did a lot of this, you know, and the Apostle Paul did a lot of this. When, when they were baptizing people, you know, got to fill out this form here. We got to have this interview by this person. We got to go ask you all these questions uh, and so forth. So it it is a big, big thing. And so you set up a date, you know, it may be like two weeks from now, okay? And you have to meet um, um, with the uh, a senior uh, missionary. At least this is the way it was done back then. Now, you know, you know, God could have changed his mind the way he wants to do things today compared to what he did back then. But uh, this is a procedure back then. We had to meet with a, um, a, like a senior missionary person to have an interview and they would ask you questions and uh, kind of certify you <laughs> that you're, you're ready for baptism. Um, and then... And one of the questions would be, do you believe that Joseph Smith was a prophet of God, right? And that he restored the true, right, the one right. true church. Right, right. That, you know, that we have a prophet today, uh, that, uh, you you know, you accept the Book of Mormon, uh, that the Mormon church basically is the only true church upon the face of the earth, and you will be baptized by people, men of authority, who can have, give you the proper priesthood. Uh, later on and so forth. So everything is done by, um, you know, regulations on that. And this was probably one of the hardest things I had to do. I had a six pack of beer in my refrigerator. And yes, yes, before I could be baptized, the missionaries came, they opened up my refrigerator, took out my beer, opened it up, and poured it down the drain. Good beer. That's how devoted I was. <laughs> now, I'm not a heavy beer drinker now, but but that was the concept. <laughs> you could not have any alcohol, cigarettes, or chewing tobacco, or anything like that in the house. And 
you did use to smoke a pipe while sitting in the bathtub. Yes. And yes. do you know that I assumed that you had gotten rid of that pipe? many years ago when you joined the Mormon church, but fairly recently we did find that pipe. It still exists in the house. It still existed, but I never used it after that. That's I true. gave my commitment that I would not smoke the pipe again. And and I haven't. I haven't actually smoked it before I joined the Hellier's Church. It's been a long time. We just kind of kept it. I didn't want to go throw it away. It's a good pipe, you know. <laughs> so, uh, But anyway, the beer is gone. And then I threw away the bottles. No need to keep those. So. so on a Saturday, we went to the Mormon church. They call it a ward building to their ward building. And they had a big tub and we were dunked. And they have all these rules where not one hair can be above the water. Everything has to be dunked. And so they have witnesses to watch you to make sure that everything's done according to Hoyle. Right. And um According to the Mormon priesthood, the very next day on Sunday morning during the, the Sunday service, which they called sacrament, um, Mormon priesthood called us up, laid hands on us, and um, declared us members, official members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And, and to receive the Holy Ghost. So you... When you join the LDS church, okay, you have to be baptized by men who have been cleared, have the authority to baptize you, okay? And you had to have been interviewed by the proper people uh, to be baptized. And then once you are baptized, uh, that baptism will not count until you have your hand, that the LDS elders lay their hands upon you confirm you a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and say unto you, receive the Holy Ghost. Once that is done, then your name is written into the book, books of the LDS Church. So, I, and I, I'm going to take a little tangent here. Most of you know that LDS believe that you can be saved after you die and that that happens when a worthy Mormon takes your name to the Mormon temple, becomes baptized for the dead for you, in proxy for you in your name. And then the same thing happens that Mormon priesthood lays hands on you, declares you a member of the Mormon church. And then if you're male, the next thing that happens, Mike, is you receive the priesthood. Right, right. So Lynn and I were baptized and we say, wow, you know, um, I'm saved. I'm going to go to live with Jesus and the Heavenly Father. And they said, well, not, not quite. I mean, you're a member. You've been baptized. Okay. Now we have to prepare you to go to the temple. So, so what I thought I had made it was just the beginning of this long eternal road of preparing to meet Heavenly Father. Uh, in the LDS church. Mm. so And we couldn't go to the temple, could we, until no. we've been members at least one year and shown ourselves worthy. Worthy. So the way that we showed ourselves to be worthy was we had to pay tithing to the LDS church for at least a year. We needed to hold a calling in the Mormon church, uh, a calling that they chose for us within the church. It, it's not like we volunteered. It's that... 
supposedly Jesus calls us through the Mormon priesthood, and then you need to do that. We had to live a health code called the Word of Wisdom for at least That's why a year. we did not have beer. <laughs> beer yes. is not included in the health code. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. <laughs> And anything else you can think of we needed to do in order to make ourselves worthy? Well, you know, once we were baptized, you know, you, you have to attend all of your Sunday meetings, okay? In other words, this is this is like um, uh, you you go down through a list, you know? Now, yeah, I wanted to go to, to the church, to, you know, sacred meeting and the Sunday school and my priesthood meetings and so forth. Mm-hmm. But just wanting to do it, it doesn't mean you would get it automatically. This is a requirement, okay? You have to prove yourself worthy. Just like when you got ready to be baptized, we had to prove ourselves worthy, okay? We actually had to go through a a period that, you know, we did this and we did this and, you know, we were not smoking and we, you know, we didn't do any carousing or anything like that or drinking. Yes. And and you had started attending your your meetings for a certain period of time, in other words, you've been constantly going to church before you could even get scheduled to be baptized. Um, so pretty so, soon we learned that within the Mormon church, there were requirements on top of requirements on top of requirements, and that they were up to you, requirements so that you could make yourself worthy to do certain things and to kind of up in the ranks, right? right. Um, and become more righteous, make yourself perfect. Right. Certainly, biblical Christianity says, while we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us, right? He saves us while we are yet sinners and don't deserve it. There's nothing we can do to make ourselves righteous, right? Yeah, that's Christianity. You know, we we we're sinners. We we go to bed as sinners and we wake up as sinners. But we have been washed clean by the blood of Jesus by our acceptance in Him, and that's that's a big difference. We can never ever make ourselves worthy to stand before God. But, but these are Mormonism, things. Yeah, right. these are it, things. Though now we know, right? But right. we didn't know then, and so when they taught us those things we thought it was the only true church. And so we believed those things and we did them. Did you enjoy being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? You know, I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I enjoyed the, the, um, the responsibilities. I enjoyed um, uh, the callings. I enjoyed, I mean, I was serious. Um, we were actual, really sincere, active uh, rural believing LDS people. And, you know, a lot of people will say today, well, we don't have to do that like what we did. Well, this is what the way it was for us. Okay. That, um, and a lot of people will say, well, we go to the temple because we want to. Well, that might be nice, but in Mormon doctrine, which is still the same as when we studied, you have to go to the Mormon temple to be endowed to be able to live in the presence of Heavenly Father. That's There's no question about that. So when people say, well, we just want to do that because we just want to do it. No, it's a requirement, okay? So, One of the things that Joel said right before he left 
is as much as it looks on the surface, like cultural Mormonism has changed over the years, calls itself Christian, uses Christian language, right? Says we're saved by grace. As far as manuals go, and as far as scriptures go, and as far as teachings go from twice a year general conference, nothing has changed, basically. It's still the same rules and regulations. They're just maybe a little bit more lenient today uh, than, you know, if you made an error or, uh, you know, you could have, you know, back in our time, if you did something really silly uh, and unrighteous, you could get excommunicated. Now they they kind of say, well, just don't do it again and still allow you to be a, be a member of the LDS church. But everything was based upon, um, you know, some people say workspace. You always like to use the term performance-based. But uh, it is, you know, our salvation from the time we were baptized, you know, in the LDS church, our salvation was not dependent upon our faith in Christ, but was dependent upon our actions. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, this doesn't mean that Christians can go out and live like the devil. You know, we, we are created in Christ Jesus to do good works, but good works will never save us. And, and that's a huge difference. And that took me 30 years to figure that out in Mormonism, that I was always thinking that I'm doing these good works because I want to. But actually, in Mormonism, it was a requirement. So, you know, from the time we got baptized, we were on a treadmill to prepare ourselves to go to the temple. And, you know, we were baptized, what, uh, October 28th, 1977. If I recall. Right. And, and just a little more than a year later, we went to the temple. So why don't you camp on what that experience was like for you? Oh, the first well. time in the Mormon <laughs> temple, all the way in Washington, D.C. Yeah. Yeah. So we lived, you know, in, in uh, Muncie, Indiana. Okay. And um, at that time, there were no temples in near us in Indiana. In Ohio, Michigan, Illinois, Kentucky, the closest temple to us at that point in time was the Washington, D.C. temple. Now, it is a beautiful building, okay? Um, and if you've ever driven around the Washington Beltway, it, you know, it's, it's quite, quite a, a, a beautiful building. And the LDS Church did that on purpose to make a statement, you know, that when they, they left from the east to the west and... and when they came back from the west to the east to build this temple in Washington, D.C., they made it really a beautiful, beautiful building uh, that really catches your eye. So, Although I remember, Mike, driving the Beltway, and it looked a little like the city of Oz, right? It's quite a right. white spires and things, this Mormon temple. Um, someone had written on the overpass, what was it? Surrender, Surrender Dorothy. Dorothy. I think. <laughs> yes, where you could see the just, just temple just in a, the background. Yes, yeah, it was because it reminded you of the Wizard of Oz. I mean, it looked like something out of the Wizard of Oz. So, but the, so yeah, so, do you remember anything in particular from your first temple experience? Uh, well, oh yeah, yes. Let's see. How many days do we have to talk about this now? <laughs> so, uh, but uh, you know, again, we will be gentle because. Mormonism, everything is sacred, you know, and the Mormon temple is very sacred. And so we really don't talk 
about what happens inside. The only thing they will talk about is that this is where you go to be sealed for all time and eternity, okay? As married as a husband and wife, which means you're married on this earth forever until you death do you part and you're married in the hereafter, okay? Then they talk about baptisms for the dead, okay? And, and that's about it and your own endowment that you get. And they don't go into details of, about this. So we know from scripture standpoint, and we'll get into this later on, bringing all the scriptures, that there's nothing secret about Christianity. It can be sacred, but you can still talk about it. And a good example is when the Pharisees was challenging Jesus about what he taught. Tell us what you taught. And he looked around and says, don't ask me what I've taught. Ask those my disciples who've been around me. They know what I've taught. I have taught nothing in secret. I've always spoken openly. So the gospel itself is very open. We can have sacred things that we do, but those events can be talked about. A baptism, baptism is a sacred thing. But we can talk about what exactly it goes on. Marriage is a sacred thing. We can talk about that. But in Mormonism, when it comes to the temple, everything's off. You do not talk about what goes on in there, what, you know, your 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 uh, uh, temple clothing and everything else. So we go but, through this procedure. But when <laughs> I was Mormon, I didn't know what went on in the Old Testament temple, right? Right. I I didn't know that all of that was known right in Leviticus. It's all right. in the Old Testament, exactly what went on in the temple. And then many times in the New Testament, it actually explains, right? Jesus fulfilled this. He came. This is done away with. No more need for a temple. No more need for prophets. Um, those things are very clear in biblical faith, but in Mormonism, since I didn't understand that, I was kind of dragged back to this Old Testament um, rules and regulations, but they weren't the same ones that were actually in the old law, right? Right, right. So the LDS Church and, and in Mormonism, they, they're very good at taking words, like I said from the beginning, temples. They had a temple in the old and we have temples, you know, we only had one temple in Jerusalem, but today we have 186 temples or whatever they have out there. So it's, it's not exactly the same because when you look at what was occurred in the temple in Jerusalem on Temple Mount, we can go to the Old Testament, to the writings of the books of Moses and know exactly what was done there and when it was done and who did it and why it was done. But in Mormonism, you you have no knowledge of what goes on in the temple until you actually go to the temple, okay? So this is interesting. You know, we, as we were getting closer, like, you know, six weeks or six months or two months or whatever, you know, we had to take a temple prep class. You remember that? Mm -hmm. And they were preparing us about, you know, uh, you know, we had to follow these rules and we had to go through these temple recommend questions. And we'll have a whole episode on temple recommend questions about what they are and how many of them and what it means and so forth. And so they had to prep us so that we could pass the temple interview questions. Okay. We had to do this and this and this and this and get everything lined up. Okay. 
So before you can ever go to the temple, you have to be interviewed by somebody in the bishopric. Usually, if it's your first time, it's going to be the bishop. Okay, uh, it could be a, a bishopric member, but but usually it's a bishop. Um, that's what I remember in my days. Um, and then once you pass that interview question, you have to now go be interviewed by a state president. Now. Who is a state president? This is not a place where you go out to eat, okay? <laughs> it's not a steakhouse. They have, more miserable, they call it, so you have to go down for your temple recommend at the steakhouse. Oh, okay, we're going to have dinner tonight. No, a steakhouse means this is a meeting place where the state president presides, okay, and has all of his meetings, and the high councilors meets and everybody else, okay? So a state president oversees, let's just say about 12 organization, wards or branches of the LDS church, okay? And so you meet with the bishopric, which is like the, the, the bishop is the pastor of the church, and he reviews these questions with you and believes you by discernment that you're not lying and that you're a good person, and, you know, and so they sign this little piece of paper. Then you get an appointment to meet with the stake, with the stake president or presidency, and um, and you, they ask you exactly the same questions. They interview you. Why do you want to go to the temple? Um, and you have to pass all these questions. And once you do that, they sign that. And now you've got your piece of paper. Okay. You now have authority. Uh, it's it's kind of like a credit card. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but anyway, you now you can set up an appointment. But now you can't just drive to the temple. You've got to do what, Lynn? You have set us up just perfectly for the next episode because okay. we're finally going to get inside that temple in the next oh. episode and hear some of the experiences that Mike had. And I hope, Mike, as you tell your story, leaving Mormonism and finding Jesus, that you'll also tell the audience um, the experience that you had right before you left the Mormon church in the temple one time. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for sharing this with us. I think these episodes will especially be helpful to Christians, probably, who are not familiar with Mormonism. Um, I, I'm sorry I'm in that habit. I shouldn't call it Mormonism. Latter-day Saintism, I guess. Mormons now want to be called Latter-day Saints and not Mormons, although there is still a Book of Mormon in the faith. Um, Mike, thank you. We will look forward to part three and knowing what the Mormon temple is like. Grace and peace to you, everyone. And same to you, and may God bless. <laughs>